Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. I'm your host, Kelly Lorenzen, and we're coming to you live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona. I am excited to bring three more amazing people in into your world for all of you listeners. Uh, I am going to jump right in today. Mary Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you for being on with us. Thank you for having me. I would love to hear a little bit about you and your background uh, for everybody in the room and for the listeners, and then I'll get to introduce the rest of the people in the studio. Thank you. I've worked in the people space, human resources for quite a few years. I left corporate America and decided to provide services to smaller businesses who didn't have the resources to hire a full-time people HR person. Um, And I did that probably in 08. Don't recommend starting a new adventure in the middle of the pan, or in the middle of the Great Recession, but um, it's worked out. It's been twelve years now. So, and um, most recently created, um, co-created a organization called AZ Talent Co-op. We are a group of of people associations who got together one day and said, "We're all working on the same thing. Why are we working on it by ourselves?" We called it call a uh, phone a friend. We phoned one another. We set up a time to talk. And um, now there are about eight different associations. We're actually meeting tomorrow to determine what 2020 will look like and what we're going to work on together. Who Who's part of the organization? There are a co-op. There are a number of different associations. The um, Arizona Total Rewards Group, the um, ICF, Arizona HR Executive Forum, AZODN, the OD Network, the change management folks have recently joined us, um, and Triple H, um, AR, the, uh, or HR. So I'm sure I forgot someone in there, and I apologize to whoever it was I might have forgotten, but um, there's about eight of us, eight associations who, who've joined together and collaborated and said, let's do more together than we could alone. Oh, that's so great. I can't wait to hear more. Thank you for joining us today. Tamika Sears, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background and where and what you're working on. Yeah. So I am uh, an HR nerd um, by by nature. I was in human resources for, I'm going to say 15 plus years. I don't sound so old. I was I love HR, love what I do. I'm the type of person who's very lucky to have a job that I absolutely love. And I wanted to kind of take HR to the next level. And so I wanted to become uh, an executive coach. So Laurel that we have here in the studio as well was my executive coaching teacher um, who changed my world and changed my life for the better. I always like to make sure everyone knows that she's so awesome. Um, And because of that, I was able to this year branch out on my own. I've always since going to coaching school, I've done coaching on the side and now I do HR consulting and executive coaching full time. So cool. Yeah, I'm I am waiting. part of the great resignation. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, so many people are yeah. doing that. Good good news for all of us who love to support small businesses. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear the rest of your story. And speaking of which, Laurel Elders, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. I'm so happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about your background and where what you're working on. I became a coach in 2005 after realizing, well, falling in love with the approach of helping people reach their potential. Got into the training side of it around 2011. Long story short, ended up following a, a pretty big calling to head up a program around integrative intelligence. And so that's what's brought me here today. So cool. And you started in the program in Prescott College, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So tell us how that, how it came to fruit. The Institute for Integrative Intelligence is what you own. We all <laughs> forgot to say, right? <laughs> the name of our businesses. We'll go back to that. Um, but tell us how that came to fruition. So we started with Prescott College and um, a lot of the private colleges were under um, financial pressure around, it was about 2014. A lot of them were doing cuts and they they actually kept our program on. They cut all the certifications. Um, They tried to keep us on as long as they could. And then finally I got the phone call. But it was interesting because right before that I had this intuition that you're going to be the institute of. And I thought, no, no, we're happy with Prescott. But after I got the phone call, it's like, okay, we're going to be the institute. So Long story short, we went private and made sure that the program that was getting such good feedback and people just were raving about it that graduated from it. So we're like, let's not let the vision, let's let the vision live. Let's give it wings and take it further. So we're now international. We've got students from all over the globe and we're ICF accredited and we credential and train coaches in the integrative developmental models. They're helping um, people in their lives and also in leadership too. So cool. So we're going to go back to what everybody, what everybody's business name is, right? We, we forgot to say that. So Mary, tell us a little bit about your, you told us about the background, but um, for on the personal side, you own, co-own AZ Talent Co-op, but I know you do something else. So let's, let's start with you um, on that side. I too am an HR nerd. I had uh, children who were in middle school and getting ready to go to high school. And don't let anyone kid you that when they're that age, they need as much or more supervision than they did when they were four or five. And so I started my own um, HR um, on demand. There were, again, like I said, there are companies who just don't have the resources, nor does it make any sense for them to hire a full-time HR person. And so to be able to Um, provide services when they need them, and now to be able to step in when it still doesn't make sense to hire a W-2 employee, but you you need that help and that support. So I'm still doing that, but also co-founder of the talent talent co-op, so fairly well related, I guess. I would say so. What it, what was the need you saw? So you're in, you own your own business. You're, you're in the whole HR space. What was the, the need that you were trying to fill with the co-op? What was happening? Associations in general seem to be losing a little bit of their membership and we're trying to understand why. We also realize that the companies don't look the same as they did before. So HR needs to be very different, needs to operate differently than it did in the past. That siloed approach, I don't, I recently picked up a client who is going through a major reorg 
major reorganization is not what it is that I do, but I certainly play a part in it. And I certainly need to understand how it works. I, I don't do OD work. I guess sometimes I probably do, but I need to understand how that all integrates with the things that I do. I don't speak compensation. I have a friend to the Lindy Harned that I call, and Lindy interprets interprets that compensation for me. So we, we just saw that the profession was changing, and people were needed to be much more generalist when it came to to um, HR, so that they could build organizational capabilities as opposed to the tasks and duties, you know, payroll and HR and benefits and all those kinds of things that you do in, in HR. Yeah, there's so much more now that is a part of it than in the past. And I assume that with all of us who, you know, part or a lot of us part of conscious capitalism, you know, part of what's doing good business and, you know, and being up and bringing all the associations together. How can we work together to make it better for everybody? Right. In the employees, as the all the stakeholders. Right. It, it makes sense to have the co-op to be able to talk together, you know, and say, okay, this is working, this isn't working. So how do people get involved with the with the co-op? Most of the involvement with the co-op are right now are the are the chapter or the association leaders. We're um, working on a secret scroll project. We could tell you, but then we'd have to kill you. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. It's it's not that big of a secret. There is an emerging gig economy within HR. I did not decide to, to start my own business so I could spend hours on on, on LinkedIn um, and doing marketing because I have an agreement with my accountant. He doesn't do HR and I don't do accounting. And I really need to make a deal with someone in marketing. I don't do marketing and you don't do HR. So it, to be able to bring us all together so that we've um, that we can get so that we can get projects, so that we can get work and create that community of those of us who've said, you know, it makes more sense for us to work independently. And so that's what we're working on in the, um, on the back end. Mm, nice. That's really, really good. And you come, you say you're an HR nerd. Yes. Mika, so what does that mean? It, and how do you pull that in, <laughs> in your world? <laughs> it means that I, I absolutely love HR and I love talking about it. And I love helping people and I love mentoring new HR people. I would love to pick your brain, Mary. Like I love all things HR. And what was funny is I thought that because I love HR, I'm pretty darn good at it that being a coach was going to be like second nature, easy, done. Such a huge difference between coaching and doing HR work. It's it's incredible. I was very humbled by the experience of, of learning that because, you know, when you're 30 something years old, you go back to school, you're like, oh, whatever. And oof, like mind blown. And so being able to kind of pair coaching with HR consulting has been phenomenal. Um, and I feel like Organizations get a, a the bigger bang for their buck when they're able to get um, coaching and consulting. I see companies just come alive when when they're able to get both. I really think that coaching is the future of of organizations yes. and for HR. Yes. If you don't have a coaching culture, yep, then you're you're done. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, yep. Oh man, I know. I know you guys are singing Laurel's uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. song right there. So speaking of which, um, most people uh, probably think of coaching 
they have some, they pigeonholed coaching into something, right? You, you know, or HR, right? They, mm-hmm. they're, HR means this one thing, but you've taught me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give us a little background on what you teach in, in the Institute, how it's different, right? Than just, okay, you know, for me, in my old way of thinking is coaching is for newbies or coaching is for people who don't understand. Uh, wrong. <laughs> wrong. I have a coach now for everything. <laughs> Literally every part of my life, I have either an accountability partner or a coach. So I'd love to hear how you integrate all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Integrate it into corporate, integrate it into everybody's world through your programs? So I would start off by just defining coaching because there is a lot of confusion around it. True coaching is a Socratic method where the coach holds space for the client to self-discover their potentials, their blind spots, and create um, developmental milestones around that and then helps the person um, expand in their capacity. So what we're seeing nowadays is we've got leaders that have climbed the corporate ladder and they might be at a 10 on the corporate ladder, but on the level of development, they're at a two, which creates some some issues, high turnover, culture issues, right? So that's where coaching comes in and it helps the leader that's at the wrong two to, to get up on the developmental part so that they can expand their capacity and then everything starts flowing better. And how do you do that? <laughs> so there's there's the coaching skills themselves, which are powerful in and of themselves. And then there's developmental frameworks that can step in. So our framework is integrative intelligence, where we look at each domain of human potential and we help the leader self-assess where are they at in, the, in their capacity. Um, are are there blind spots and then develop themselves in all the areas, not just one or two. So, I mean, that includes emotional intelligence. It also includes somatics, right? So if somebody's having um, an anger reaction, are they self-aware of their, what's going on physically so that they can calm, right? So um, includes social emotion. You know, oh, I already mentioned emotional, um, cognitive, relational, motivational. What are my motivations for doing something? All of those. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so well, that's why your name is Institute for Integrative Intelligence, right? It's integrated all the things that before in, you know, in, in the old days, it was no, you're corporate America, you do it this way. And this is the only way and you work at a 10. And who cares what your if your personal life's a two. And <laughs> right. And now, luckily, I think the more we talk about it, the more we bring in people that say, that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay for your, you know, your culture to be a mess or your people to be sad and depressed in every other area of their life. But, oh, it's fine, you know, as long as they're working hard, right? right. They're meeting the numbers, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, the integrative piece to me means so much now because, you know, the workplace has invaded people's homes, right? So Absolutely. with so many people working from home, Having an integrative approach to leadership means more now than ever before. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You brought up a huge, a huge point that, that everybody had to shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
including the leaders, right? And saying, okay, what, what are we going to tolerate? <laughs> what's okay? What's not okay? And how do we be, how, how do we be good leaders? Mm-hmm. How do we show up for our people? Yeah. I'm sure HR world was turned upside down with, with COVID. Yes. Know. And it's still churning. <laughs> Is it? Just when yes. they think they had it figured out then. Right. Yeah. It's like right now, like the world of the exemptions and, you know, religious accommodations and testing. And so it's still just very, very crazy times. And then you have kind of the people that are the leaders that are at odds with their employee groups, right? You have the leaders who are like, we're all going to go back into the office. And the employees are like, well, you can. Um, so it, it really, in some instances, made a, a, a huge gulf between leaders and their employees and unfortunately, people use remote as an excuse to stop having some of those conversations that are really needed. Which is silly. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, Mary. I, I was just going to say that there are lots of reasons why people aren't necessarily jumping up and down to go back to the office. And I don't know that it's you know necessarily the office, but women took a huge hit during um, COVID. Mm-hmm. You, you had your choice of working or taking care of your kids. Your kids were in school. They were at home. Lots of women have, have bailed out of the workforce as a result of that. There are folks who, you know, f- for health reasons, just don't want to, you know, just don't want to return. So just when everyone thought, okay, COVID's over, we can all go back to the office. People went, this doesn't fit the way my life is now. And so mm-hmm. can we rethink this? And the really great, great leaders are letting them rethink it. The ones who, the twos that Lowell referred to <laughs> probably are the ones that still want them in the office because I need to make sure they're still working. Speaking of which, what are the biggest challenges for employers right now? There's a little shortage of employees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lo- There's a lot. I was going to say, good. I'm not the only one feeling that. And all my clients are too. So I, yeah, I totally, totally. And a lot of it goes back to the resignation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, or no, uh, this is not good culture. It doesn't fit, right. you know, with my life. It's, I've figured out I have a, be- I have a different calling. Right. I'm not, you know, fitting into the, you know, they're not being inclusive, like whatever the thing yeah. is. I had an awesome conversation with an, an Uber driver on the way to the airport going to Denver a few weeks ago. And she said that when they went back into the office, she went and the toxic culture that she left was even worse when she when it was back in the office. So she gave it six months and then she said, you know what, I'm done. And she's making as much now driving for Uber as she did in her full time job. So she's like, I'm never going back. And so that's what employers need. To, they're competing with. So there's so much opportunity out there for people now. Oh, man, <laughs> that's scary, right? It's scary for, for corporate to to try to figure out it's and even the small business owners, all of my clients are small business owners trying mm-hmm. to figure out how are we going to keep people. So so some tips, uh, I'd love to hear some tips from you guys um, for employers, uh, small business owners. What what are some tips that we can you know, share around, is it culture? Is it inclusion? Is it um, flexibility? You know, what what are you seeing is working the best or, or what do you suggest uh, for corporate America and for even small businesses? Mary, I'll start with you. 
I'm not so sure that top-down driven management worked in the past. It certainly doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work today. Much more, we need much more of a collaborative kind of environment. My husband has a very simplified version of what employers should do, and I'm going to have to clean this up. But basically what he said was, pay people fairly and don't be a jerk. It is a bit more complicated than that, but it's also not any more complicated than that. You have to look in different places that you looked before. And some of the criteria that you used to hire in the past was incredibly not inclusive. It Mm -hmm. excluded a huge number of people. And it's, it's getting better, but it still does. So rethink what you really need when you're hiring that next person and don't immediately dismiss them because they're missing one of the criteria that you've determined is necessary to perform this particular um, duty or mm-hmm. responsibility. So many, so many pools of people that that I think people just jump right over, um, you know, and veterans and, yeah. you know, and, um, and people degree with disabilities and de- degree requirements. That's a huge one. Yeah. yeah i mean with student i owe more in student loans than i do on my house so if anyone listening wants to like take me up on that offer and pay them off thanks uh because seriously right because it's when you think about how daunting that is right like it's it's crazy so my degree i i don't i can't say that i use it i'm not a brain surgeon you know so it's not as though going to school taught me anything that I couldn't have learned on the job. And I think a lot of times employers are just so stuck in, oh, they have to have this degree. They have to have that. Why? Why? They don't know how to interview and, and discover right to discover skills. Yep. Absolutely. And potential. If we could measure for potential, how awesome would that be? Oh my yeah. gosh. Who needs to come up with that? Right? <laughs> it needs to be an app for that. Right? <laughs> that sounds like a talent co-op project. <laughs> come on down. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's great. So how do you, um, what are you seeing? You know, what are you hearing when, for your, when people are coming to you, right? They're, are they, are you hearing that? Like I'm done with corporate America or are you hearing I'm tired or, or well, you know, why are they coming to you guys to, to learn coaching? All of the above. <laughs> and I think people are waking up to there's a better way. There's a better way. They sometimes know what it is. They sometimes don't. They just know it exists and they feel it. At least in my world, coaching is a way to help be a part of the solution and I'm seeing right now there's, um, you know, you mentioned it's kind of scary and it, it is. And it's also exposing all these opportunities to pivot. And the more linear approaches in the past are no longer serving us. So mm-hmm. we can shed those and think more integratively and bring in success in all areas. Because if you've got a, a company that's dialed in their bottom line and then they start hemorrhaging um, key employees that's not going to last. Right. So kind of waking up the, um, I, I, I just have a passion for waking people up to what's possible when we include success in all areas. I'm like, why mm-hmm. settle? Why settle? 
There's no reason to settle, right? right? <laughs> you want to be great in all areas mm-hmm. of your world, right? Um, how are how when you coach these people, who who comes to you? Is it people that are leaving, or you know who comes to to want to get coaching? So, leaders, um, leaders that are feeling stuck in um, like the bureaucracy, leaders that just want to be a better version of themselves like they can they sense their potential but they're they're not sure why they feel stuck like in some area so the coaching can help them identify that also i think the uh trend i'm seeing at least in in my area is leaders that want to lead more consciously they want to be more heart-centered and um driven by human connection they're kind of tired of the this is you know it's all about the money and the bottom line and a lot of people are seeing, no, it's it's more than that. And I think COVID's really brought that to the forefront where people are examining what is important yeah. to me. What do I value? And why am I here? I think every single person in HR should get the opportunity to go to, to school for coaching because it really moves people from that HR mindset of compliance cop to employee advocate, right? Because when you're in that compliance cop mode, like you're, you're, you don't treat people as people. And when you move into that really kind of employee focused, people driven approach and coaching gets you there, coaching gets you in that mindset. It makes, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm. And, and it, what a trickle effect, right? Mm-hmm. They, you learn ways. I mean, we are all I think inherently, or most of us are inherently kind people and loving, but we've had tons and tons of education around what, how you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be. We've had, you know, life happen, trauma happen, all these things, right? But if we would go back and take, right, and take the, and learn these skills again, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we had them in there. Maybe they're inherently in there um, and see where we're at and, and really look at ourselves and go, hmm, Doing good in some of those, but not good in the other ones, right? Yeah. And we can show up better for others. And then how does that change the entire company culture? Mm-hmm. How does that change the whole organization? Then it trickles to the families, mm-hmm. right? Then you're affecting their families. And then you're affecting the community. Yep. What a huge, that's a huge deal. That would be amazing if if we could get every single person in corporate America to take <laughs> coaching, right? <laughs> to, to be, you know, and, and come at it from that, that end. I think then like you're, like you're saying, Mary, the top down would go away. Mm-hmm. It would completely eliminate that. Uh, and show up as teams. I, I am fortunate to have had tons of lessons along the way to learn all those things like, oh, that's not the way I wanted to do that. Next business. Okay. Now I know how to be a lead. <laughs> no, now I know how to lead. And now it's, we're all a team and what, you know, and we need to show up how we want to, you know, show up mm-hmm. and do what we want to do. If we don't want to do it, great. Okay. Well, you, you can do something else and, you know, we'll have other people help us. So, I think it's really, really critical that we keep getting the word out there that you don't have to want to go into coaching as a full-time job. Right. Yeah. It can be. It's it's actually, I was going to say it's a skill set, but it's really a way of being. It's a way of being. Um, it's a, like Tamika said, a mindset. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very empowering and impactful. 
I would love to hear more about what uh, Mary and Tamika's experiences with the positive impact that you've both seen having, you know, companies that have that coaching culture in place. Mary, you get to go first. Okay. The um, tell me what to do um, mindset. I remember um, I worked for this one company and they constantly, it was all about execution and do as you're told. And when you came up with ideas that um, were outside the norm, they, you know, they kind of got shut down. So no one really was, you know, was listening. You hired me because I was a bright and capable individual. And then all you want me to do is what you told me to do. If people learn to coach and find out what it is that employees do and they do really, really well and what their passions are, um, it's made the biggest difference in innovation mm-hmm. because then people feel um, feel free to, you know, bring up new ideas. I remember this one gentleman; they ridiculed him during a um, during a meeting for an idea of putting gas pumps in front of um, drugstores. There's a <laughs> gas pump in front of every grocery store now. It, it, he was just ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. That that gentleman will never in a public for, setting or forum ever again um, come up with a new idea because someone did not, you know, someone didn't listen to him, someone didn't talk to him. And so those are those are examples of what doesn't work. But I've also seen companies where their, you know, where their revenue increased, their retention rates increased. And from an innovation standpoint, they're doing some new things that they've never done before because someone gave coaching to those who were ready for it. And I think there's a little, I think there's still a little bit of hesitancy around coaching because before you got coached, if you were getting ready to get coached Mm -hmm. out, and that's not the case, you get coached in order to move ahead and move forward, not to find a way to exit you from the system. Mm, Yeah. I've, I've seen very similar things. When you have a coaching culture, it allows for psychological safety, right? So people are willing to come up with ideas, share their ideas, even if it's something that they're like, okay, this might seem a little crazy, then you have innovation. And I always say like, you know, if people aren't allowed to make mistakes, I wouldn't have post-its. So (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't live my life without my post-its. So, you know, we, we need it. And coaching allows that to happen. It allows people to be themselves and bring the whole selves to work. You know, companies all the time, you've heard that, bring your whole self to work, bring your whole self to work. But when people did, they were ridiculed or they were even fired. And in a coaching culture, that doesn't happen. Well, and the irony is that our potential exists in our whole self. Right, right, so, right. So when you're not bringing your whole self to work and you're just, and I, I, that's been me, I've lived that life where there's part of you that, that you don't bring to work and you're stifled. You're stifled as a human being. You're stifled in your talent. You're just stifled. Mm. And is this all in corporate? Are we talking all in, in corporate America? I've, I've worked for some small businesses as well that it's been not super great. Yeah. Depends on who their mentor was and mm-hmm. who their, who they grew up with. I, I see the same thing with visions of what HR's responsibilities yes. are. Depending if you worked in, in a different um, environment, you may have that vision that coaching and that HR are there. You know, I, I used to call it, I, I don't want to be the HR police. Right. And, you know, that whole, that whole thought process, but more. Mm. So are you seeing that in small businesses? Again, depends on how they grew up. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there are some leaders, right, that they're like, well, this is kind of how I was raised in the organization. This is this is the way I was taught. So then that's the way that they teach. And it doesn't matter that as they were being treated that way, it was awful and they knew it was awful and they felt awful. It's kind of like, you know, you know, when you when you know better, you do better. Sometimes, do yeah, do it? <laughs> right. Sometimes they just don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So, so, so coach me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That is so great. I love that. And be willing to say, I don't know what I don't know. So help me figure that out. Mm -hmm. We should all have (laughs) coaches and for everything, right? Right. We need to be specific on asking though. So how, if we weren't brought up to think, ask questions, you know, you can do anything, then how do people even decide? Like, how would they know that coaching's an option you know, how would they like, how did you ever decide you're in corporate America mm-hmm. in HR? Mm-hmm. How the heck did you figure out that you wanted to go take coaching? <laughs> it's actually a really, really odd story. So I have the benefit of having a coach um, at an organization and I hated it. I hated every moment of my coaching sessions. I would walk away saying, why is, does this woman ask me so many questions? I was frustrated. I was miserable. And I spent like three years like, oh, coaching sucks. I hate it. Meh. Like I was like the coaching Grinch. It was horrible. And <laughs> the coaching Grinch. I, I went to, seasonal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I went to another organization that did coaching right. And I met a, a coach, Keith Emerson. And I saw the change that he was able to bring about in one of the leaders that was really struggling. And I was like, oh, wow. How did you do that? And so he then became like my mentor, my coach. And that's what drove me to to Laurel. And like I said, I walked in like big birches, like, oh, I know everything. And you you don't. Like coaching is so different. It's a different experience. And it's so deep. And it changes who you are fundamentally as a person if you don't already have that mindset of um, growth and openness and not being judgmental. It just, it really changes who you are. Mm. At least two and maybe three of the original co-founders of the talent co-op are coaches. Mm. In HR, in the whole HR world. They were, they all work for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've all gone out and created their own, their own success. Right. I know. I think it's there, there needs to be a quick, quick shift or else everybody, I feel like, is just going to go work for themselves. And there's going to be no corporate. But I would argue that that might not be, a. obviously you need some employees who are there on a day-to-day basis. But think about how folks who work for themselves or who have created their own their own niche, it makes companies more nimble. I don't mm-hmm. need, I, I need someone to help me with this now, the here and now, but I don't might not need it six months from now as quickly as business in the world and the environment is changing, you may need something very different six months from now. So I'm an advocate of this makes you incredibly nimble mm-hmm. and agile to be able to outsource some of these things that you're, I'm not passionate about it, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> but it's really important to be able to get what you need when you need it. And being able to hire independent service providers is is an awesome thing. And in the HR space, it is Going from being an internal HR person to an external consultant, I've seen when you're an internal HR person, um, you can have these great ideas, you can know what you're talking about, but you're not always listened to. And you're beholden to the CEO or whoever's, you know, your your boss, and you you can there's a line you can't cross. 
right? Because you want to get your paycheck. You don't want to get fired. If the CEO sexually harasses someone, you can't fire that CEO. But on the consulting side, you, I'm like, you've already paid me. You're a horrible person and you should quit your job, Mr. CEO. You know, <laughs> so it, it makes it's it's incredibly freeing to be able to do the right thing all the time. When you're internal, you don't have that opportunity. Oh, you guys are speaking my language. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur 19 years. I have never and will never be in corporate America. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that over and over again. And it just, it, you know, there are some need. There is some need for major corporations like Intel, like Honeywell, like these things, right? I don't know internally because I've never been there. But we need some big manufacturers. We mm -hmm. need, you know, sometimes we need these people. So bringing in people right? Like you, Tamika, and, and you getting into the corporations, Laurel, and saying, okay, if you want all these people to stay, or if you want mm -hmm. any of them to stay, this is how it needs to, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. The folks that are hiring Laurel are the ones who have had the great awakening and they understand that, you know what, we can't do this the same way that we've always done. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're, is that what you see when yeah. you hear? Yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> She's holding back. I can see it. But I just, it warms my heart when I see people wake up to there is a better way and I want to be a part of the solution and it does matter. And what has gotten us here won't get us there. So it's just, it's been really fun to be a part of those conversations. And it, it's something very um, dear to me because I grew up kind of depressed with what I know I've shared that with you Kelly like what I was seeing in the world I was like that's it humanity has reached its peak and now we're headed downhill <laughs> and then I I had a big realization that no that is not true we have not yet reached our potential because we've only majority wise been approaching things linearly mm -hmm. we have yet to see success in all areas so let's keep going there's more there's a better way and so let's go there it's time it's time for the push. It really mm -hmm. is. And and we're, I'm seeing it in all, with everybody I talk to, like, no, 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 this needs yeah. to be different. We have to change. We have to change the scene. Yep. And corporate America doesn't have to suck. No, no. It, it truly doesn't. You can have a, a huge global organization and still have an awesome organization. It takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. People right now just aren't doing the work. Mm. And when you have psychological safety, Mm -hmm. Those are the those are the situations where you find that you right find those kinds of things. Mm. That that brings up a another topic is you know using all these different people to get where to make everybody feel better, right? I have a lot of clients who are trauma practitioners, right? So and then we think, oh, trauma is major. Trauma is you had a major car accident, right? You got, you had a death in the family. Trauma is everywhere and it's mm -hmm. every day. Yep. And it's all. And so if we, if we use, right, if we use people like Laurel to, to, if I say we got to fix corporate America, right? right? <laughs> Even though I really, really, my, I mean, my business is all small business help, right? I want to give small businesses a fighting chance at success. That's my, <laughs> my outsource everything I say. Um, but, uh, but, but we do because you, you're right. 
Tamika, we we need to ha- we need we need them. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we need small business, just right. like we need. So so bringing in people like you, Laurel, to you know, in your institute, and saying, hey, th- we can change these. We can change the company culture. Hey, right. let's bring in some trauma practitioners. Let's help your team clear the the you know the ooh, the nasty right, right? the right. the physical. Uh, stuff that comes along with trauma. Can you imagine what the workplace would, workplace would be like if everybody was coached, <laughs> if everybody went through the coaching program, mm-hmm. if everybody cleared all of their, you know, physical trauma response? I mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we'd be in a way better world. <laughs> right. I mean, just being a woman in the workforce is trauma. I mean, truly, I don't know one single woman that hasn't had being a woman in corporate America impact her negatively. Yeah, I got some stories. <laughs> Can't share them, but I've got some stories. Yeah, uh, I have some stories. I wrote a book about it. <laughs> did you really? I did. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. What's the book called? It has a swear word in it, so I'll beep it out. It's um, How to Tell If You're an A-Hole Manager, A-Hole Boss, rather. Yeah, and it's got some some nifty That's stories. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was what my husband said about, about pay people fairly and don't be one of those. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you use the jerk instead. <laughs> yes, I cleaned that up for, for radio. <laughs> You're welcome, dear. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. That is great. All right. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, Moving forward, tell us what your what your plans are for 2022. I want to hear how you're going to impact the world coming up. Mary, I'll start with you. In 2021. The end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, the co-op, we said one of one of our pillars is shared events, professional development board development and membership. And so we said, what are we going to do together? And unanimously, the one thing that crosses all of the disciplines is diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're not going to, we're not going to succeed until everyone works in an inclusive workplace. So we said, if it takes, to quote Buzz Lightyear, um, infinity and beyond to get us to that point, we're going to continue to talk about it. So we do bi-monthly sessions on what that looks like in the workplace. Um, one of the things that I think we're going to kick 2022 off with is, you know, what are your individual responsibilities from a DEI standpoint? And stories from large corporations. There are some folks out there who are doing big companies who are doing things right. You know, tell the success stories and what you did and, and how you built, you're building a more inclusive workplace. So we're going to continue that well into infinity and beyond. The other thing that we are working on is how do we collectively as a group impact workforce development? This is one of the most rapidly growing cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why they come here is because of the universities and because of the workforce. But what can we do? You know, what more can we do? Retooling and helping people who need to switch, need to change or switch skill sets or get people to understand that their skill set is transferable. So those are one of the other things. And then the um, the BHAG that we have, the, the Carry Audacious goal that we have is to create that community for individual practitioners, independent service providers, where we're all working together and, and we're looking at a actual monetary co-op kind of business model so that not only are, are the participants being paid for their work, but are also being paid as part of the collective um, revenues that are that are that are driven, so that 
back to the small business, most of these folks are individual practitioners as opposed to small businesses. And that makes it even more challenging because I don't want to spend my life on Facebook and LinkedIn. (laughs) And I don't want to spend my life making, you know, making cold calls. I just want to do good work. Yep. Collectively, we can do better and mm-hmm. faster and help more people for sure. Absolutely. I'll help yep. you with that part of it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tamika, what's coming up for you in 2022? 2022, hoping to have a banner year. Um, so I, I work by myself, but I also work a lot with another independent consult- consultant and coach, Eric Franco. And together, we are hoping to merge and be able to create like uh, an an empire of awesome, amazing coaches and HR consultants that we can deploy to organizations when they're in need. And our our BHAG, we're going to take the book and turn it into a a very robust leadership development program that incorporates DEI and incorporates coaching and helps, helps corporations learn that corporate doesn't have to suck. It can change. And even if it's one leader at a time, the change can happen. It's the trickle effect, mm-hmm. right? If we, if you look at the BHAG and you think, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to get there alone? We don't, right? right? We do it all together and we take and, and we consistently work on it every single day and mm-hmm. we'll get there. Take right? someone with you when you go. And put, exactly. Right. Take right. someone with you, bring, you know, keep asking questions, keep asking for help. Right. Keep, you know, and just showing up and and putting it out in the universe that we want to make this happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Say it out loud. Yeah, it's I happening. Love, I love hearing your <laughs> BHAGs. I love it. All right, Laurel, what's coming up for Institute for Integrative Intelligence in 2022? We are launching our integrated leader program. So we're going to be um, connecting with corporations that are ready to have more integrated leadership and more of a coaching culture and um, really supporting the leader to increase their capacity for agility and responsiveness, climbing up that self-development ladder um, so that the company can run more consciously and more smoothly and eliminate the turnover issues that are, that are happening. Well, and then it helps bottom line. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what, you know, if we always think of, ooh, don't talk about the money, right? But in conscious capitalism, it's okay. It's okay to make money. Profit's not a dirty word. Profit is not a dirty word. And as long as we're doing it all for good reason, right, mm-hmm. to make the world better, I always mm-hmm. say I, I'm trying to raise good humans and uh, make humanity a little better by the time I leave this earth, <laughs> right? Yeah. If we keep doing that and every, and we can keep infiltrating, <laughs> keep infiltrating the the leaders to, to be that yep. for people, consistently do that. I love that. Lessons along the way. There's, I'm sure, been tons of lessons along the way. Um, you know, whether it's a somebody told you a quote or you read a book or a mentor said uh, or a failure, you know, give the audience, uh, if you would, one lesson, one something that you say, you know what, this really took me back or uh, it, it helped me move forward. Mary, back to you again. <laughs> the very first HR director that I had when I entered the field was an amazing man. He was way ahead of his time. I'm going to mention his name. I don't know that he'll, he'll hear this, but his name was Dave Morris. Um, brilliant man. And 
I would go to him all wrapped around an axle because I was all of 29. I would go to him with problems. Not once did he ever tell me what to do. He would ask me a series of questions. He would coach me through the problem. Ultimately, his goal was to get me out of his office. I'm well aware of that. But more importantly, there were fewer and fewer visits to his office because I didn't Mm -hmm. have to go ask. He taught me how to work through those things on my own. He was an amazing coach, and it's really shaped my how I work, and it's shaped how I deal with my family. It's it, it's shaped my world. So I'm always eternally grateful for Dave Morris. Mm, nice. Oh, so nice. What about you, Tamika? A lesson. I think a, a lesson for me, and it's it's actually a pretty recent lesson. I've always been, and, and Laurel knows, I'm like not into the woo. Um, and so when, when people say the universe will provide, like I'm always like, oh, hogwash. But now, I mean, I, I took a huge leap. I quit my job with nothing. I had no safety net. I had no savings. I had no nothing. I was like, I'm just doing it. And I did it. <laughs> and it's going well. And so I fa- I finally understand what people say when they say the universe will provide. It's not necessarily the universe. You're still providing for yourself, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that, you know, that even if there is no safety net, there truly is because you're not going to let yourself fail. Really cool. I love all. I'm getting more and more into the woo woo. (laughs) You call it. You tell me whatever you want to tell me. I love all of it. I just want to take it all in. (laughs) I'll use the BHAGs and the universe and God and whoever you want to bring to me. I'll use all of them to make this world better. (laughs) All right, Laurel, you're up. A lesson. So I had a mentor, Sandy Hogan. She passed in 2019. So she said, when you're, when you're calling calls, don't hang up. (laughs) I'm so, I'm so glad I didn't, but I also have been, I'm so honored to have witnessed people who have followed their calling. Um, In my world, it's to become a coach and be of service in whatever area they take that coaching into, but it's not easy to do. And it's um, oftentimes a road riddled with with doubt and uncertainty, but the people that follow the calling, it's amazing. It's almost as if there's, they're answering a need that's connected to something bigger. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. You want to say something, Mary? I can feel it. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gave me chills. I love all of that. Can you believe we've been talking for almost an hour? No. Isn't that crazy? All right, Mary, what, any last thoughts? Uh, HR on demand, AZ Talent Co-op, anything you want to share before we resume? No. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, you asked me earlier how you can get, uh, get involved, and I don't know that I did a great job of answering your question. We do a series of events throughout the year that are not just available to the folks who are members of the associations. They're open to everyone. We need everyone in this conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. We, um, so please feel free to, please feel free to attend our sessions. We're also looking at rebuilding our board next year based on the outcomes of the things that we decide to do tomorrow and the other things that we are, our BHAG, we're going to be, um, we're going to be redoing our board, um, some folks are coming off as emeritus. Um, nothing wrong with that. They have, um, they have other commitments that they that have um, taken their time, 
and I wish them well. So anyone who's interested in learning more about what we're doing, serving on our board, um, attending our events, getting involved as a volunteer, please, you can find us at aztalentcoopllc.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Mary Henry. There's a lot of Mary Henrys. It may, be, may take you a minute to find <laughs> the right Mary Henry, but you can always connect with me on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, being a part of the conversation, being open to connecting and making this world better. Thank you for the connection to the three amazing ladies that are also here too. Thank yeah. you. All right, Tamika, tell us uh, anything. What, what did I not ask you? So I, well, I'll definitely be connecting with Mary about the talent co-op and DEI. I do a lot of DEI work. It's kind of incorporated into everything that we do. We try to make sure that HR knows that you don't need a different branch of HR to do diversity, equity, and inclusion. It should be kind of embedded in what you do every day. That's the only way that it's sustainable. So um, we're partnering with um, Athleta. That's a nonprofit, and they provide interns. They do a great job of helping their interns learn um, about leadership. And they provide them, and they're all student athletes. And it's been absolutely amazing working with them because student athletes are so unprepared for the the working world Mm -hmm. and to work with a company that that's their focus and it's they they primarily focus on student athletes of color and working with them is going to make my 22 amazing (laughs) so cool athletes is there any specific sport or school or any sport, any school, they're working with two um, HBCUs right now um, to, to get all of their athletes, but um, anyone can, can get their help, and we're working on helping them get companies ready because, again, as a, a, as a black woman, I have definitely gone to organizations, and I'm like, this is absolutely horrible. Get me out of here. Mm. And so we're working to get organizations ready so that that doesn't happen. Because what I always tell people is don't work on diversity and equity until you've got the inclusion down. Seriously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you more yeah. about it. <laughs> I love it. Inclu- include all of us. I As growing, teaching these young children in mm-hmm. my household to be good humans, I, part of Part of our normal conversation um, at the dinner table is always, you know, how are we inclusive? Mm-hmm. What are we doing to be inclusive? I mean, since the time they were little. So in, my daughter would come home on the playground and say something. And I said, and you were inclusive, right? And she said, <laughs> yes. And then the boys were playing basketball in the living room. And she wanted to play. And she's like, mom, they won't let me play. And I'm like, oh, just give them a minute. They're, let the boys finish. And she's like, I thought this family was inclusive. <laughs> I did it. Uh, Good I job. Did it. <laughs> You're getting it. <laughs> right? We have to we yep. have to teach student athletes is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. We have to start younger. Yep. We have to start with the little kids teaching them, right? From at home to be mm-hmm. inclusive. Absolutely. And diversity is amazing. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and we're all different. You know, mm-hmm. and we, it's all, it's all good. We could not make this girl world go around mm-hmm. if we weren't all different. And diversity means so many different things. Yes. It's like, oh, and you can have like the best team and no one's alike. 
And that's wonderful it and awesome. It is. We, oh my gosh, our family would not succeed if we were all the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I love it. I love it. All right, Laurel, you're up. Tell us uh, anything I forgot to to mention. Anything you want to say about uh, integrative intelligence, your institute? Gosh, I'm just honored to be a part of this work in the world, and it just it lights up my heart every day. I couldn't do it any other way. It's definitely a different experience being a part of the solution than fighting against it. And um, yeah, I just really, really want people that do feel that calling to to take um, to go for it, to absolutely go for it in 2022. And the first step is to buy Laurel's book. Yes. Yes. I published a so I published Integrative Intelligence, the coaching manual. So it's for new and seasoned coaches to help bring in those integrative frameworks so that we can include all parts and look at success in as a whole. And it's awesome. I've read it. Aw, <laughs> it's no wonder I love working with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, ladies. I cannot wait for you guys to connect afterwards and do amazing things in this world. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. Do what you love and outsource everything else. Until next time, happy connecting.